A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello listeners and welcome back to this World Game Changes podcast episode. This is part two of, to quote a line from the old SEAL record, How Crazy Are You? Actually, it wasn't a quote from the old seal record because I think they said, or he said, we all get a little crazy. But anyway, I'm sure you get the point. Paul, shut up, you're waffling. Um, I guess, if you can call her a guest, I kind of feel, listeners, that um, Rebecca Wheel, I think she's such an instrumental part of these podcasts, or certainly has been of late, that to call her a guest seems a little strange. But anyway, yet again... I digress. Rebecca, welcome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> are you a guest? This, let's answer this question. Are you a guest? Well, I think that I think that there's a shift that's taking place and perhaps it, I'm a co-host now. Perhaps it's shifting over to co-host. That's a better that's a better word, isn't it? A better phrase, co-host. Yeah, it seems so abstract calling you a guest. It's almost like it's your first time on the show. But uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, listeners, I mean, this kind of preamble, in many respects, sets the uh, sets the tone for what's to unfold. How crazy are you? Um, hmm. Where do we go with this, Rebecca? Where do we go? I mean, so last time, I mean, to be honest, actually, I think we kind of set the stage last time, didn't we? We didn't mm. kind of dive too too deep um, into the question. So, I guess an opportunity. Um, it is for us to now uh, maybe just dive deeper into what that means for people um, mm. and invite the listeners also to tap into that in themselves. And I'm sure we can kind of dance all around the different directions of that. Um, okay. Yeah, that's, that sounds good. So on that note, um, so warning listeners, warning alert, attempted humour, attempted humour. <laughs> Right, so here we go. So when I was a kid, I was brought up by my mother, well, in my early stages, um, I was brought up by my mother and my grandmother. And I used to call my grandmother crazy. And the reason I did that was because whenever she made me a drink, a cup of tea, to be more precise, in a cup or in a mug, she only used to half fill it. And when I asked her why I'd only got half, half a cup or half a mug, her response was, well, you always leave half of it anyway. And for me, that was crazy. <laughs> anyway, any any thoughts about that, Rebecca? Any thoughts? Yes, I suppose um, that is kind of crazy in a way, isn't it? <laughs> more, more probably because it messed with your head of, of you kind of thinking, well, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, whether it was that kind of left side um logical you know it needs to add up and that doesn't add up you know yeah. that was maybe an early indication in my childhood that how I my world was I you know I was in that very kind of mechanical systematic process driven um 
you know, mindset, even sure. even as a child, without yeah. actually realizing it. Mm. But actually, conversely, so creative and zany at the same time, it was like there was the whole thing was a big contradiction. Mm. And I just wonder to what degree you feel that that typifies inverted commas the average person mm. that you know just as we've got masculine and feminine energies in inside a body whether we're male or female you know to what degree from your experience do you find that people have this kind of polarization um you know from being very structured very systematic very process driven to then on the other hand being completely zany crazy call it what you will uh, creative, uh, off the wall. I don't know any experiences of that. Well, I guess I can only really talk from my experience. I mean, obviously I can speak about what I've experienced from other people as well, but as we know, that's just perception. So, um, I think the best bet is to kind of look at, look at myself and how that's played up in my life. Mm. Um, I think we all to, to a degree have those, we have layers to ourselves and I feel like there are layers of different aspects. So the feminine, more feminine energies and more masculine energies. And I think we tap into those in different moments in our lives and we have stories around that as well. And so we also have to kind of discern what um, we have to be aware of that. Um, and kind of what stories we're telling ourselves. Um, but I think when we kind of tap into our true essence and um, our energy, then there are, perhaps it's more like a toolbox of like, we have different uh, aspects of ourselves, like the more kind of creative side and the more strategic sides that we can use in different situations um I mean in my life I've typically associated with or I, I embodied I don't know the right word but had more of a kind of the, the creative the flow the um and and in terms of talking about crazy well actually if I just if I just step back a second because I've just talked about the flow and the creativity, but at the same time, I have recognized in me places and 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 um uses of the kind of more masculine structure and you know things like I love lists, I love creating to-do lists and I love ticking them off with the emoji tick and making it all structured and you know having it all organized and I love organizing my room and have everything tidy and um things like that, you know. Uh weightlifting at the gym I love kind of being in that real um you know that kind of uh doing um, physicality and um uh that kind of energy as well so I think we all have the aspects within us it's just how how far have we met them how how deep have we met them at mm. um, how much have we explored them yeah and yeah, yeah. so I think they're all there within us and 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 just going back to the crazy it's interesting because I feel like there's kind of two different ways at least from my experience of of the word crazy and its meaning there's either the kind of negative 
Mm. aspect of oh you know that person's crazy that person's you know or mm. crazy as in they've lost their mind and it's a bad thing mm. there's also crazy as uh you know the the brilliantness of crazy and yeah. there's actually kind of like a freedom of being crazy and it it comes with a kind of creative outside the box almost genius kind of like you know um quality so I feel that there's two different ways that maybe I don't know that I've uh had a kind of like the way that I've looked at it but also maybe that plays out in society as well mm. maybe there's the kind of two ways of looking at it um that's interesting mm. to think about as well and I think what that does I agree with that what that does is reinforce two critical aspects of our world all of our world is what what awareness do we have that's always a starting point, awareness. Mm. And the other one is on, you know, on the back of that, what story are we telling ourselves based on that level of awareness, whatever that may be? And they're two critical factors. That self, particularly self-awareness. Am I really aware of me? That is huge. Because mm. if we're not aware of ourselves... We're then following the ex all the external. Yeah. So it's to bring that kind of power back to ourselves be that through that self-awareness. And then that lays a strong foundation for asking ourselves, what story am I really telling myself? What mm. words am I using? What energy am I attaching to those words? Mm. Who's involved in my story? Mm. And then actually flip it. It's like, it's like for me, it is a dance between self-awareness and story, backwards, mm. forwards, backwards, forwards. Ultimately, the big prize is, is this serving me? Mm. So, yeah. you know, I actually love the word crazy. Mm. I think it's a beautiful word. But like you quite rightly allude to, there is arguably so much negative connotation, patronising co connotation attached to it. Oh, you're crazy. Mm. in a non you know and it's often received in a non-complimentary way mm. and i think for for me one of the greatest compliments i can receive is to be you know in a world that i don't really embrace labels per se but is to be called crazy or zany because it it's it's that speaking to me for that kind of dancing with the full vibrancy of life and i think mainstream we kind of don't do that. We stick to the middle road, the tried and tested, you know, and we're going into six human needs territory here, that need for certainty, rather than daring to kiss the sun and touch the moon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that that certainty kind of creates restrictions and barriers almost, because then it, as you say, that vibrancy of life, mm. that's the beauty. That's the, you know, what is the thing that lights us up? What is the thing that, um, or or how, how are we showing up and how are we living? And, and what that brings into my mind is living in the moment as well. And I know you talk a lot about that, about being mm. present, being here right now, living in the moment, because a lot of the time, those stories, they're actually just things of the past, aren't they? That something's happened, it's created this very small shift when you were, however, whatever age, um, and that kind of creates that pebble 
uh, in the shoe and that ripple effect mm. of um, it's almost like the story happens is just one time. And then, you know, say, say there's a kid that drew a picture and they got told, oh, that's rubbish or something, or, you know, mm. and mm. then that just this, that small little situation um then that over time can escalate and escalate into this huge you know I'm not enough I'm not good enough and I'll never be good enough and so yeah. yeah noticing that story and um and just bringing it back to the moment being able to be free of our past but because when you're living in the moment I mean you can speak to this because I know that you've really you know um I don't want, I don't know whether the word mastered is the right word, but you speak a lot around that, you know, really living in the moment and um, that, that embracing right now and not being attached to or uh, burdened by the past or all the future as well. Yeah, the future, definitely. That that can be as big a jailer as the past. Yeah. You know, this yeah. expectation, this conditioning we have. Uh, I've been, you know, and, and this great freedom in, in living in the now. Absolute great freedom. Uh, on, on a crazy note, it's got its, and I use this term lightly, but it's got its flip side. Mm. Um, I forget appointments. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because it's like I've got a diary um, and I write, a, you know, I've got an appointment at three o'clock, four o'clock, whatever it is tomorrow. Um, but I get so immersed in the now that I trust, and this is, brings in another word, I trust that the key appointment, if it's really critical, I'll be there for that appointment. Mm -hmm. And it might be a last minute dot com. Oh, blimey. Oh, I've got a three o'clock appointment. And it's one minute to three. Right, let me get my podcast gear out. Let me do this. Let me do that. And then rush around. Um, but be immersed in that. Enjoying rushing around in that moment, that zaniness, that craziness. Mm -hmm. And I trust that if I do miss an appointment, actually, I wasn't meant to be at that appointment. Yeah. It's not that critical. Uh, and because I think we, we as humans, generally, we give ourselves such a hard time of being a slave to even a to-do to list mm -hmm. that, oh, I've, I, you know, this expectation I was going to do, I was going to tick 10 bits off today off my to-do list. I've only done two. Mm. That creates a narrative as well. Oh, you failure. Mm -hmm. You only ever do two. Why do you, you know, so we've got to be so careful, yeah. I think, around, you know, but... Then flipping that yet again, flipping it back and learning to play with it and just, yeah. you know, be so much immersed in that moment and being prepared to shake off the shackles of conditioning from, you know, from our past particularly. And, mm. you know, that anticipation of the future, you know, that fear of the future. Mm. Mm. I think there's a, there's, a, there's a saying out there that 99% of what we expect to happen in the future never fear driven never happens anyway mm. um and if that you know that proverbial one percent does great it's a bit of variety in my life yeah and by worrying or thinking or qualming or whatever it is about the future you're literally taking away from the present moment which is now which is always what is there mm. is always it, we are always in the moment always yeah and so if you're I guess just being so mindful, maybe you can be curious about the future. Maybe you can be inquisitive. Yeah. 
but not, you know, it's so, I mean, I, I know that I notice myself a lot thinking about something that's happening in a week's time or two weeks time and like, oh gosh, or, you know, mm. <laughs> kind of worrying about it and stressing, but I catch myself doing it and I kind yeah. of release it. But uh, yeah, it's definitely a practice because it's, it creeps back in. Um, uh, and it's interesting what you're saying about kind of like missing an appointment or, or that trust, you know, having mm. that trust if if something's meant to, to be and, and it will, it will come back into your awareness, you'll remember it or it will present, you know, in that, in when, when it's supposed to. Um, I feel like so many, so much of the narrative with that kind of thing is like, oh, you know, there's such a pressure on, on on yourself. Like if you've missed something or or say you're scrabbling at last minute to make a meeting, I think oftentimes what I see people do is be very negative around that. Oh, I'm, mm. you know, I'm such an idiot, mm. you know, and, mm. and, and, and treat it as a negative thing. Oh, you know, things are going badly because I almost missed a, a meeting. And yeah. it's like, where, how can we, sh- like, I guess maybe it's just so simple is just let's shift the 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 pattern that the that we're thinking about that the mindset of like exactly what you're saying you know trusting what's going to present is what's going to present and having a making the most out of a situation yeah because what's the what's the alternative you know that there's no point to but it's just being in that you know mindset and having that awareness to to know that otherwise you are trapped Mm. in that story a word you used qualming i like that word (laughs) i like that word yeah (laughs) snuck that in there (laughs) is is this is this such a word qualming yeah that actually is but it's yeah 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 i I have had to google it but there is (laughs) (laughs) yeah never let it be said listeners that we don't do our research on these chats yeah never let it be said (laughs) they're not totally off the wall well actually yes they are yeah Yeah. (laughs) they are completely stop making excuses okay what's the craziest thing you you think um yeah, let me rephrase that question because obviously we've had many deep dive chats around certain things. Um, no, I'm going to start. Let the let the question. What's the craziest thing you feel you've ever done, or maybe the most humorously craziest thing you've ever done? Wow, that is a brilliant question. Mm. That's a big question. Wow, I think there's so many things. From I immediately think of you know what what's something I've done that's kind of reckless when I was younger or something that comes to my mm. mind for some reason. But I think actually the crazy things, like the real crazy things that feel like the Alice in Wonderland type, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> things are actually the more uh, ones that I think are more beautiful. And mm. even just silly things like making up words like I'm always making up words Mm. um and um so craziest thing I've ever done gosh I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to see what comes to me in terms of what I've actually what I've done but I I feel like just being really weird (laughs) Yeah, and like just embracing it and just being, you know, I've certainly 
just let loose and being very strange on like nights out and and just kind of you know socializing with friends and um that kind of comes to my mind and but it's interesting isn't it that those situations I would have been kind of drinking or you know that Mm. using that as a kind of way of letting that out whereas actually that's always there yeah but I think that a lot of the time we don't give ourselves permission to do to do that in a space because we feel like there's a social expectation of how we how we act and how we be and there is to a degree but I feel yeah like that 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 is within us that craziness and I think that's why people do drink and take drugs because they want to let that side of them out you know it gives them that permission where actually you know we I think it's so powerful to just have that as a practice to you know to do without the the crutch what the the substance whatever it is yeah, so much more powerful. It, yeah, definitely. I mean, certainly, as you know, listeners, drink was a uh, a massive, massive part of my life for many years, and you know that. I think the the reliance on on drink uh, came out of pain mm, because yeah. there was a story. You know, my both my parents were alcohol dependent. Uh, they were both very, very, very hard workers, but they were still dependent on alcohol, nonetheless. Mm. And I saw that and I learned that. And also when the pain, in particular the physical pain initially that I went through uh, when my mother remarried, that became a, uh, you know, an initial duller of pain. That that doesn't seem quite right to say that word duller, dampener, but anyway, uh, of pain. But physical pain, you kind of get used to. It's the deep emotional pain that scars and alcohol will not or drugs will not eradicate that. Mm. Um, so you're quite right, in my humble opinion. You know, I feel that you know whatever crazy things I did under under alcohol, and there's been many, many. Um, I cringe sometimes when I, you know, sometimes when I reminisce or you know people are talking. It's like, oh, I didn't do that, did I? I didn't do that, did I? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you did, Paul. I, even now, I'll bump into the odd person. You know, even though I've completely broke away from that circle and those people and, you know, that I used to frequent with in in the pubs and what have you, completely broke away. But I'll bump into the odd one every now and again. And there's always that reminder. Can you remember, Paul, when you did that? It's like, no, Uh, with a smile. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. How can you forget that? And nine times out of ten, I can remember it. But I don't want to kind of give legs to something that was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also that brings into my mind, like the kind of question around who is it that is acting when you're drunk? Because mm. it is us, but it's a strange thing because, you know, you can do something that you think so not what you would ever do if you're sober. So what does that, mm. do you know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. a weird, strange situation. Um well, I can only take responsibility for my own story in that uh, in that example. Um, I was basically looking to find me. Yeah, because I was in so much pain, and somehow knew from a very early age that we're we're not we're not pain. We're beautiful beings that's based in love, mm. and when we're taken away from our kind of base of love, and and we find ourselves in this confusing state. 
I mean, the, the, the actual sort of ridiculous situation sent it from my own. I went looking for answers in a bottle. Well, you're never, ever, ever going to find them there with, the, you know, in a bottle or drugs or, or whatever the escapism, because that's what we're talking about here. And, and mm. it's that kind of reality of coming back to yourself and going inwards and finding yourself and that peace, that inner peace that goes with that. Yes. Yes. I suppose the caveat on that for me, and this is probably a whole different podcast, but is it, I guess it comes back to the intention around it. But I, I, I truly believe that plant medicine and there are a lot of different variations um, is a form of actually being able to go inward. Mm. So um, maybe it's around the intention, you know, as well as mm. uh, because if you're going into something just purely wanting to escape from your reality, you know, then that's kind of a different, a different ball game. Yeah. And that's, you know, relatively so superficial, isn't it? You know, that temporary escape, it's, it's sticking a plaster on a gaping wound. It's yeah. Never, it's never yeah. going to work. It's kind of instant gratification. Yeah. That always has a, a repercussion. Yeah. There's always an after effect that's far outweighs any of the kind of benefit of that moment of kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and a classic example of that, I think, um, is the relationship between sex and love, mm. where sex can be an instant gratification yeah. rather than that really deep, meaningful, connected, trusting, loving relationship that exists with people. Mm. And I've used this metaphor many times before, listeners. For me, uh, and I'm quoting Robbins here, where so many people go into a relationship, um, you know, thinking it's the perfect love and the perfect love does not exist you mm. co-create it from scratch just yeah. as if you was baking a cake yeah and you put the right ingredients in and then when you've got that solid cake mm. you can then sprinkle the icing on top that some might label I, I, it even feels like you know to call it sex but you know that kind of for me more superficial angle because if you built a cake just ba baked out of icing or built a relationship just based on sex it'd be very shallow and as soon as the heat's turned up in the kitchen it'd melt and disintegrate mm. and that for me is a great metaphor for life so uh, we've kind of flew off at a tangent here listeners not unusual when Rebecca and I get together on a podcast yeah. <laughs> or, or in life for that matter never mind a podcast <laughs> many rabbit holes <laughs> many rabbit holes indeed yeah, yeah. Um, so as we come towards a close then uh, Rebecca any thoughts any kind of concluding thoughts conclusions of you know around this word crazy or the question mm. you know how crazy are you well, I feel for myself, I um, I know that I'm very crazy and very weird, but yeah. I don't feel like I really show that side of myself to people much. Um, mm. And so what I'm going to take away from this is that I'm going to, you know, make it a make a make a point of being conscious about being myself and uh, bringing that out, because I think it gives other people permission as well. And I think that, you know, by by all um uh, if we're all uh, inviting um, ourselves on that journey to, you know, tap into that craziness that we know is within us on some mm. degree, playing with it, being joyful with it, being, you know, magical with it and just opening up the limitless, infinite possibilities that are, 
um and just seeing seeing where it goes and trusting uh, i think as well that brings in the um the the word that's very poignant that you mentioned earlier about trust so mm, yeah trust yeah it's uh trust is massive isn't it mm-hmm. trust is is monumental i think it's one of those words that gets thrown around oh you know trust this and you know like authenticity there's certain words that we're expected or conditioned to kind of just throw out there almost like confetti but uh, and i learned this when i was doing my quality management um studies around this word quality what does it really mean to you oh well you know quality is quality well yeah that's cliched but what does it really mean to you you know trust simple five letter word what does it really mean to what degree do you trust somebody mm-hmm. or, or trust yourself for that matter mm-hmm. and and it's not until we start digging below the surface that you know people understand uh, and i include myself in that because i've certainly been on that that journey of mm, what does it really mean what's its implications yeah to really trust somebody and make yourself so vulnerable that you're prepared to trust them and be in their hands. Mm. That for me is paradoxically a scary, but most beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah. And then speaks to the six human needs of certainty and uncertainty at the same time. Mm. And I think when you've got that dance taking part in your life, then you truly are living in the moment. And that's Mm. very, very, very liberating. Yeah. So, so, um, not too many rabbit holes today, listener, by uh, Rebecca and I standards. So, um, yeah, I don't know what you'll draw out of that, but uh, you decide. You know, we've had a dance. Hopefully you've enjoyed being part of the dance. You decide whether it was good, bad or indifferent, what it means to you. And um, I think we'll leave it there, Rebecca. Sounds good. And I'll sign off, listeners, the way I always do, by saying, remember, the world's changing. How will you respond? Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world's changing. How will you respond?